Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. If you're enjoying this podcast and want to be sure you never miss an episode, you can subscribe with your favorite podcast software, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, or the Amazon Music app at amazon.com slash otr.com. I also want to remind you that our new Famous Investigator t-shirt is out, featuring several styles and designs, including youth t-shirts, and available at famous.greatdetectives.net. Be sure to order before the 29th in order to make sure you get your shirt before Christmas if you're in the United States. Well, now it's time for this week's episode of Dangerous Assignment. And there was a lost episode in between last week's show and this week's, only the second so far in the series. This one originally aired on July 26, 1950, and the title is Find Gorilla Chief and Stop Him. Wheaties presents Dangerous Assignment. On stage tonight from Hollywood, Dangerous Assignment, another in the Wheaties' big parade of exciting half-hour presentations. Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. Danger is my assignment. I get sent to a lot of places I can't even pronounce. They all spell the same thing, though. Trouble. But when I walk into the commissioner's office, I don't realize that this assignment is going to plump me right into the middle of a nice, juicy war. Morning, Commissioner. Oh, Steve. Have a seat. I'll be with you in a second. Okay. Ruth. Commissioner. Steve's here now. Fine. I'm working on his plane reservation right now. I'll probably have it by the time you're through with it. Good. Well, needless to say, I'm about to set forth into the wild blue yonder again. That's right. Steve, there's a guerrilla leader over in the Orient. Nobody knows who he is, but he's been raiding the supplies and military equipment we've sent over there. In short, we think he's building up the strength of his organization so that he can launch an attack similar to the other one that was launched recently. And we've got to stop him now. You've got to find them before you stop them, you know. You've got to find them, you mean. Oh, just like that, huh? When you get to the coast, there'll be a small plane waiting for you. You've got to fly yourself to the town of Yabne, inland. When you get there, go to the Grand East Hotel. You'll be contacted by Dr. Mao. Yabne, Grand East Hotel. Dr. Mao, who's he? An influential leader of the opposition to this guerrilla chief. Now, Steve, get over there. Find out who this guerrilla chief is and stop him before it's too late. Well, that's it. You've got your assignment. Good luck. Dangerous Assignment will continue in a moment. Now, here is the Wheaties man, Frank Martin. Wake up tomorrow morning and listen, family. Reach for the Wheaties. Tuck yourself around a bowl of Wheaties at 7 a.m. 
and see if you don't feel the pleasant difference all morning long. Crisp? Mm, my goodness, crisp is a sunny morning. Good? You bet they're good. They're sound, rich, whole wheat goodness to them. And what they do for you, listen, there's a whole kernel of wheat in every Wheaties flake. That's how Wheaties can give you so much. Whole wheat vitamins and minerals to help you sail through the morning like a breeze. Drive a cultivator, clean the house, or pound a typewriter. Wherever you are, whatever you do, have a bowl of milk and fruit and Wheaties in the morning. And see how good you can feel all morning long. Try it. See how Wheaties at 7 can help at 11. Do that now, will you? Sure, I've got my assignment. A breeze. Just a simple matter of flying to the Orient, finding a guerrilla leader that no one's ever seen, and stopping a war before it starts. Well, it's Friday when I get to the coast. A small plane is waiting for me, and I fly it to Yabney in the interior. On the way to the hotel, I spot two characters following me. I check in, go up to my room, and already I've got company. Uh, forgive us our intrusion, Mr. Mitchell. Well, I didn't know I was holding open house. Who are you? Oh, permit me. I am Dr. Mao, and this is Colonel Diane. Oh, you're the man that was to contact me. Yes, well, what's the setup, gentlemen? A uh, precarious one, Mr. Mitchell. The gorilla leader we are after is clever and diabolical. He seems to have very accurate sources of information. His raids are well-timed and well-organized. Then he and his men vanish without a trace. Mr. Mitchell, you, you must be tired from your trip. I suggest you rest this afternoon and come to my house for dinner this evening. We can discuss the matter further. And in the meantime, <clears throat> Mr. Mitchell, a word of advice, if you will permit. Sure. What's on your mind, Colonel Diane? This guerrilla chief has informants everywhere. Even now, your presence and the purpose of your visit may be known to him. I advise you to be ever alert as to your own safety. I am sure you realize you would be no good to us dead. And with that bit of cheerful philosophy, Colonel Diane and Dr. Mao take off. I stay in my room all afternoon and then... A little before seven, I leave the hotel and start walking toward Dr. Mao's house. Suddenly, I spot one of the characters who was tailing me before. He's closing in on me, and he's got a knife. A rickety taxicab comes cruising along. About then, and I jump on the running board, pull open the door, and dive inside. Right into the lap of the other boy who was tailing me. So happy to see you. Oh, great. So long, Buster. So sorry, but you're not leaving. Well. So, you may proceed, driver. I come out of it. I'm lying on a couch in some sort of a mansion. There's a scent of jasmine in the air and a thin thread of music. The guy who conked me is standing at the door and sitting across from me is a woman who's a dead ringer for the dragon lady. Sin. Yes, honored madam. You may leave the room, but stay by the door. Yes, honored madam. Who are you? I am called Madame Thierry. The situation is that you and I, as you might put it, are on the opposite sides of the fence. Oh? Do I make myself clear? I think so. It is known that you have been expected. And now that you are here, let me make it very clear to you that you will not be able to carry out your assignment. I see. You have two choices. Oh, that's nice to know. What are they? 
You may leave at once and return to your country. I take it that's choice number one. And if I don't... Choice number two. You will be killed. You seem to have it all figured out, Madam Tia. It is quite simple. Excuse me? She picks up the phone and listens for a second and then does a big take. She looks like she's pretty absorbed in the conversation and I know this is my only chance. She doesn't see me edging towards the window, but just as I get there, the door opens and her stewed sin comes in. Stop! Stop! I, I tail it away from there. I'm wondering why Madame Tia told Sin to stop shooting. It doesn't make sense. I head for Dr. Mao's house. He and Colonel Diane are waiting. Ah, good evening, Mr. Mitchell. <laughs> Dr. Mao, I didn't realize you were throwing this big a party. Oh, just a few friends. Uh, Dr. Mitchell, you are slightly cut and bruised. Yeah. A lady told me to get out of the country or drop dead, and she was willing to arrange the latter. Who was this woman? Oh, a very beautiful little doll named Madame... What is the matter, Mr. Mitchell? Oh, nothing, except that the lady in question happens to be approaching us right now. What? Ah, good evening, gentlemen. Madame Tia, as always, I am delighted to welcome you to my house. But there seems to be some misunderstanding. Mr. Mitchell suggests that you... Indeed, there was a misunderstanding, Mr. Mitchell, and I must apologize. You see, my men picked you up thinking you were the hired aviator we had information about. Wait a minute. What hired pilot are you talking about? I can explain, Mr. Mitchell. We have had information that this guerrilla chief has directed most of his operations from the air. Last week, he is rumored to have lost his private plane and pilot. Our further information is that he had arranged for another plane and an American pilot. Oh, so Madame Tia here figured I was the boy, huh? Yes. Please, my apology for this stupid mistake. <laughs> your first desire to aid the cause is worthy of commendation, my dear. But as always, your impulsiveness has misguided you. Yes. Such matters are really in my province. I am only aware of that, Colonel. I will not interfere again. I am sure you will not. Come, we will have a drink. Uh, would you like to meet my other guest, Mr. Mitchell? Well, right now, I'd like to have a little talk with you, Dr. Mao. But of course. Uh, come, we will walk out onto the terrace. Huh? Um, what uh, was it you wished to talk about? Uh, Madame Tia. Who is she? Where does she fit into this deal? She is fanatically devoted to our cause. I wonder. What do you mean? Well, she could have known who I was all along. That story that she gave us just now might be a pretty neat cover-up. I have not the slightest doubt of her sincerity. Okay, well, let it go for the present. I, uh, wait. What is it? The bushes over there. They just moved a little. What? Mitchell, a man with a gun. Yeah, get down. Oh, Dr. Mao. It is all right, Mitchell. It is just a flesh wound. Here, here, let me give you a hand. Oh, thanks, thanks. I did not get a very good look at him. I did. I'll recognize him if I ever see him again. What happened? I heard... Dr. Mao. Oh, it is nothing, Colonel. Slight wound in the shoulder. Come, come. We will get you inside. No, 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 no. I do not wish to disturb my guests. Now, look. Oh, no, please. Uh, there is one of my servants. He can take me upstairs by the back way and take care of me. I insist, gentlemen. Uh, Wang, help me to my room. Are you sure you're okay? Of course. I, I, I will join you later. Uh, come, Wang, come. Brother, he's a pretty calm character. Indeed he is. Mitchell, there has been a new development. 
I was looking for you when I heard the shot out here. What is it? This American pilot we believe to be in the employ of the guerrilla leader has arrived. Oh, where is he? My men have picked him up and are holding him in custody. His name is Williams. Good. Come on, Colonel. Let's you and me have a little chat with Mr. Williams. Look, you two. All right, so my name is Williams, so I am a pilot. I'm just hanging around this town looking for a job. I don't know any guerrilla leader, and I'm not working for one. And you'll never be able to prove any different. Now listen to me, Mr. Williams. Wait a minute, Colonel. Okay, Williams, you can go. What's that? Mitchell. Sure, go ahead, Williams, shove off. Well, it's a little more like it. See you around, fellas. Of course, uh, if you're not in our custody, then what happens to you isn't our responsibility, is it? What? What do you mean by that? Well, figure it out, Buster. The natives here in Yabney are pretty bitter about this guerrilla chief. All right, so what? So they think you came here to work for him. I wouldn't be at all surprised if they felt like taking justice into their own hands. Look, what are you trying to say? Oh, nothing. Go ahead. Walk out of here. You might get a block away. You might even get two blocks away. Oh, I get it. All right. I'm not going to make any clay pigeon out of myself or anybody. What's the deal? Safe conduct out of here for you if you tell us who this guerrilla chief is. I don't know. Now, look. I'm telling you the truth. I've never seen him. He's never seen me. I got word he needed a boy. I let it be known I was interested. How did you intend to contact him? I was told to go to a little flower stand down the street and buy five gardenias. They take it from there. I see. Okay, Colonel, I'm through with him. Guards, take him away. All right, now look. Don't forget that safe conduct you promised me. We won't. We know how Williams was supposed to contact this guy, and we also know that this guy has never seen Williams. So? Colonel, I've got me an idea. A little wild, maybe, but it could work, and it's our only chance. We're going to send another pilot in Williams' place. Another pilot who? You're looking at him, Colonel. Steve Mitchell will continue his dangerous assignment in just a minute. And now, my friends, I'd like you to hear from a famous young man known for his pitching arm and known, too, for the fact that Wheaties make his favorite training dish. And believe me, training is mighty important for this young man. Ask him a question, will you, Ed Prentice? Now, young man, will you tell us what you do for a living? I pitch. You what? Pitch, pitch. You know, baseball. When you have a baseball team, you have to have a pitcher. I'm a pitcher. I pitch. Oh, yes, yes, I see. And are you on a team? Uh, yes, sir. I'm on the Cleveland Indians. Cleveland Indians, hmm? What is your name, young man? I'm Bob Feller, and you know it as well as I do, Ed. Sure I do, Bob. It's good to see you. This makes your 14th season playing with the Indians, doesn't it? Yep, Ed. 14 years. Well, tell me, Bob, how long have you been eating Wheaties? Oh, about 20 years, give or take a couple. You mean you started eating Wheaties before you started playing ball? Why, of course. What's so strange about that? Most people start eating Wheaties before they get to playing ball. In fact, most people never start playing baseball. You don't have to be a ball player to enjoy the lift you get from Wheaties with milk and fruit. You're right as rain, Bob. No champ ever said a truer word about Wheaties, breakfast of champions. Whether you pitch baseballs for a living or drive a bus or keep house or lay bricks, you can use Wheaties too. Breakfast of champions. Have some. <laughs> Now, back to Dangerous Assignment and Steve Mitchell. 
Hey, you uh, told me you wanted to see me here in your office, Colonel. Yes, Mr. Mitchell, please have a seat. We are going to plan a campaign. Oh? And for the first time, I think we will have the jump on our friend, the guerrilla leader. Hmm? We are sending a shipment of military supplies into the interior the day after tomorrow, and I have reason to believe the guerrillas have learned of it and now plan to raid this shipment. I see. And we're going to give them a little surprise party, eh? With your help. Now, observe this map, please. Here is our city of Yabne. The Rouge River, as you can see, winds inland from here. Oh, and this is a railroad running parallel to the river, huh? Correct. And these military supplies are going to be on that train? That was the original plan, and that is what we believe the guerrillas think. Actually, we have secretly arranged to ship the supplies by barges up the river. On the train will be my troops, fully prepared for action. Good. Looks like these guerrillas are going to stick their head into a meat grinder. We sincerely hope so. Any idea where their attack will take place, Colonel? I know where the most logical point is. Impress this area of the map thoroughly on your mind, Mr. Mitchell. At this point, the railroad crosses the river. We will call it Bridge A. The river forms a horseshoe and widens out into a lake. There are high cliffs on one side. Then the railroad recrosses the river up here, Bridge B. I believe the attack will take place either at Bridge A or Bridge B. And your troops will be ready for trouble at either point. Yes. And now we come to the part you will play in this operation, Mr. Mitchell. The most important part. What's that? At the time of the raid, you will probably be up in a plane with him somewhere over this horseshoe area. I hope so. And he won't be able to issue many orders with my hand over his mouth. That is exactly the point. If you wish to communicate with me, do so on 3570 killer cycles. And one thing more. This leader must not escape from you. I am so sorry I did not know you were occupied. It's quite all right, my dear. Madam Tia? What's on your mind, my dear? It was just that I have thought of a plan by which How many we might... times have I told you you must leave the planning to Dr. Mao and myself? As a matter of fact, Mitchell and I are even now putting a plan into operation by which we feel confident the guerrilla leader will be captured. Oh, I am so happy to hear that. What is this plan? Well, in short, we plan to put... Aye, Colonel, there's not much use in talking about a plan until it works, is there? Perhaps you are right. Anyway, I'm sure that Madame Tia is more interested in the results rather than the manner in which they're obtained. Yes, of course. Well, I better be on my way. Be very careful, Mitchell. Don't worry. My every wish for your success, Mr. Mitchell. And please be assured of my undying gratitude. That might be an interesting topic of conversation when we get together again, Madame Tia. Yes, I hope it will not be long before we do. Well, you never can tell. See you later, I hope. Yes, sir? I'd like to buy some flowers. As you see, I have nice flowers. All kinds. I want five gardenias. Five gardenias? You would not like half a dozen. I said five. I see. You are Williams, the American pilot. Yeah. Vanda! Yes? It is Williams. You are late, Williams. We have been expecting you for some time. I got here as soon as I could. Who are you? Vanda, second in command to our leader. Come. Where are we going? By small boat up the Rouge River. Where to? You are too inquisitive. Everything will be unfolded to you at the proper time. Come. Bond and I head up the river. Three hours later, we turn into a cove. There's a small freighter hidden there, and a seaplane is hoisted out of the hold. We climb in it and take off. Half an hour later, 
Banda, points down. We're right over the same horseshoe in the river that Colonel Diane had pointed out to me on the map. I bring the plane down and land it on the lake. A nice landing. Thanks. Keep taxiing straight ahead. Straight ahead? We're heading right for that cliff. Do as you are told. Now, look. Hey, the side of the cliff is moving. Yes. As you see, the cliff is not as solid as it looks. Well, what do you know? A king-size swinging door. Yes, it is an entrance to a large cave. You can taxi the plane right in. So, this is headquarters, huh? This is headquarters. I taxi into the cave and the camouflage gate swings shut behind us. We climb out. Banda leads the way up a ladder to an upper room in the cave. He leaves me there and disappears. It's an observation post looking out over the lake, and it's full of radio equipment. Then I start getting a few nasty surprises. Number one, the radio operator is the same guy who tried to kill Dr. Mao. He keeps giving me the heaven I seen you somewhere before look, and I start sweating. Number two, sitting on a chair over in one corner is Sin, Madam Tia's stooge, the guy who slugged me and dragged me to her house right after I got to Yabney. Right now, I've got an uneasy feeling that I was right about Madam Tia, but... My surprises haven't ended yet. Number three walks into the observation post with Vonda. Hello, Mitchell. What? Williams. Yeah, Williams. Been having fun posing as me? So you decided not to take our safe conduct out of the country? I went as far as the waterfront. Then I figured out which side my dough was buttered on. So it would seem you were not as clever as you thought, Mitchell. It sure would, Vonda. My compliments to Madame Tia. I will be glad to deliver them, Mitchell. Dr. Mao. Indeed. I gather your suspicions were directed against Madame Tia. Perhaps I should have allowed them to continue in that direction. It's been you all along, huh? Exactly. Pretty clever act you pulled, having your stooge over there plug you in the shoulder for my benefit. <laughs> A painful but effective device. I have used it before and uh, may have to again. And Madame Tia's boy over there is really working for you, huh? Oh, no. If you had looked more closely, you would have seen that his hands are tied behind him. Sin has certain information which he will reveal to me in good time. Barges in sight of first bridge. Barges in sight of first bridge. There is the radio signal we have been waiting for. Come, Williams. We'll take off at once. The barges... Yes, indeed, Mr. Mitchell. I am completely aware of Colonel Diane's little scheme. I know the supplies I want are on the barges instead of on the train, and my plan has been set accordingly. Great. I must take my leave now, but as you can see, the radio operator is armed, so it would be foolish to attempt an escape before I return. And, uh, anyway, I wish to grant you the pleasure of witnessing my complete victory before you die. You will hear the conclusion of Dangerous Assignment in just a moment. First, here is the Wheaties man, Frank Martin. You know, every morning in my house, everybody has to get up. How about you folks? You have to get up too? Well, do what we do. Get up to Wheaties. They can help make the whole morning look a lot brighter at the breakfast table. As pleasant a way to meet the world as any I know of. Plus, listen, there's a whole kernel of wheat in every Wheaties flake. That's why they give you wonderful, wonderful nourishment. Every Wheaties flake gives the family natural whole wheat vitamins and minerals and whole wheat energy. 
All things that can make a whale of a big difference the whole morning long. You try it and see what a difference it makes. Breakfast of Champions with Milk and Fruit. Tomorrow morning, next morning, see how Wheaties at 7 can help at 11. You do that now, huh? Well, long about now, I'm willing to sell my Social Security number cheap. My brilliant idea has backfired, and I find out I've been played for a sucker all along. Dr. Mao and his gang know the supplies are on the barge, and it looks like Colonel Diane and his troops are going to be left holding the bag, and me, I'm the guy in the bag. Well, they tie my hands and dump me in the corner beside Sin. Then they leave. Well, Mr. Mitchell, it would appear we are both very unfortunate. Yeah. How come they're holding you here, Sin? Madame Tia plans to import hired fighters to track down these gorillas. Dr. Mao learned of her plan and knows that I can tell him where the first meeting of these fighters is to take place. So he's keeping you on ice until you do, huh? Yes, I heard him tell the guard over there at the radio that under no circumstances was anything to happen to me until he returned. Hmm. Brother, I'd like to get to that radio and warn Colonel Diane and his troops of what's going to happen. Hmm. That guard will shoot you if you try it. Yeah, and with my hands tied up. Hey, wait a minute. I got an idea. Twist around so that we're sitting back to back. Come on. Very well. Uh, that's it. Yeah. I think I can untie your hands. Keep your eyes on that guard. He's not paying any attention to us. Leader to patriots. Leader to patriots. That must be Dr. Mao in his plane. Patriots yet. Remain in concealment. Attack after barges have passed the first bridge. We haven't got much time. There. My hands are free. Yeah, yeah, now untie mine. Hurry. Yes, but what then? You're going to run for that entrance. But, Mitchell, if I fall, it is a hundred feet down. Don't worry, you won't have to dive, and the guard's not going to shoot you. You said he had orders to keep you alive. He'll grab you, and I'll grab him. Okay, that's the last knot. Thanks. Thanks. Are you ready? Yes. Go ahead. Stop, Finn! That's before the sun up. Get, get back! Uh, Mitchell! That's right, Buster. Oh! Good work, Sin. Now I've got to get through to Colonel Diane. Do you know the right frequency? Yeah. He said he'd be guarding three, five, seven old kilocycles on the train. There we are. Steve Mitchell to Colonel Diane. Steve Mitchell to Colonel Diane. Over. Diane to Mitchell. Diane to Mitchell. Are you in the plane? I can see you circling. Over. Mitchell to Diane. I'm in a cave on the side of a cliff overlooking the lake. Get this. Dr. Mao's the leader. He and his boys know the supplies are in the barges, not on the train. Over. Diane to Mitchell. Repeat name of gorilla leader. You heard me right. It's Dr. Mao. Where are you and your troops now? Our train is just crossing the first bridge. Good. Maybe there's still time. Look, the guerrillas will probably attack the barges in small boats. Unload half your troops at the bridge you're on now. Take the other half up to the upper bridge. We may be able to bottle the guerrillas up in between. Over. I will give the necessary orders at once. Over and out. <laughs> It's a race against time now. I tune back to the gorilla's radio frequency, grab a pair of binoculars, and go to the entrance to the cave. The minutes drag by. Dr. Mao's plane is circling over the lake. Suddenly, in the distance, I can see the line of barges passing under the first bridge. If Diane's men aren't in position by now, we're cooked. The barges inch out into the lake. Attack! Attack! Dr. Mao's orders come over the radio. Small boats start out from the shore and head for the barges, and it looks like he's won. Then I can hear machine guns. Shooting from the lower bridge, Colonel Diane's troops, and they're blasting the gorilla boats right out of the water. Bridge leads up the river. 
Retreat up the river. The boat starts streaking up the river. I'm just hoping Colonel Dion's ready to close the trap on him. Richard, look. Dr. Moe's plane is landing in front of the cave. Yeah, he's heading here for cover. We'll try to give him a good reception. The trailer boats are almost to the upper bridge. Yep. They get past us, we'll lose them. They are passing under it now. They will escape. Not quite. Listen to that. Yeah, it worked. They're getting cut to pieces, Sin. Well, it looks like this is the end of the line for these gorillas. But listen, Dr. Moe's plane is inside the cave below us. Yeah. They'll be climbing up here in a minute. Let's get back inside the cave. You take Williamson. Leave Dr. Moe for me. Very well. Get back. They're coming up the ladder. I, I will wait for your signal. Watch it. They're both armed. Plus one. Who's plus going to Lord Williams? My plans were perfect. Oh, Napoleon, quit worrying about your campaign. Start worrying about us getting out of here. But still, I do not understand what... Wait, wait, wait. Look. The guard lying unconscious. What? Where's Mitchell? Right here, Doctor. Mitchell. William, quick. Get Williamson. I have him. Good work. Let go of me. Drop the gun or I'll break your arm. Drop it. That's better. Mitchell, he has a knife. I know you. Uh, Still a drop uh, knife, huh? Okay. Uh, help! I... Uh, no! Oh! Mitchell. Right on top of his own plane. One might observe that such an ending is most fitting for Dr. Mao. Yeah. In the old days, they used to fall on their sword. Now, they fall on their plane. That's what you call progress, Sin. Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell, is written by Bob Reif, with music composed by Basil Adlam and conducted by Ralph Hollenbeck, and is produced and directed by Bill Card. Join us again next Wednesday at this time when Brian Donlevy, starring as Steve Mitchell, will embark on another Dangerous Assignment. And this is the Wheaties man, Frank Martin, inviting you to listen Thursday, that's tomorrow night, to Sarah Berner in Sarah's Private Caper on the Wheaties Big Parade. See you then. Dangerous Assignment comes to you from Hollywood. Next, The Falcon, one of four exciting mysteries, tonight on NBC. Welcome back. Sometimes Steve gets a suspicion and he just won't let it go. And I think that was the case here with his suspicion of Madame Tia. I think it was pretty obvious that she did not know who Steve really was. If she had been aware that he was a secret agent, she wouldn't have offered him the opportunity to leave the country. Because that's just not how it works with secret agents. I mean, that's practically one of the main things they scream for. The type of person who would say, well, I was going to do a mission here in foreign country you spent thousands to send me to, but someone threatened me, so I'm coming home. But I guess Steve had trouble getting past the whole 
threatening his life thing. One note on the commercials, it's great to hear actual legendary figures recording their uh, Wheaties commercials. Uh, Bob Feller had started pitching in the big leagues 14 years before. I guess Frank Martin thought he could call him young man because Feller was only 32 and had an outstanding Hall of Fame career. When he finally retired in 1956, he was first ballot Hall of Famer. He would have gotten 300 wins as a pitcher if not for his service in World War II. And he was an incredible dominating pitcher. How dominating? After missing all of 1942 to 1944 in the service, his last assignment with the Navy was running a baseball program for them over at uh, Great Lakes Naval Station. He served as manager, and he did a bit of pitching. But he had not faced major league hitting since 1941. So he comes back to the Indians on August 24th, Cleveland Indians. And they hold a civic luncheon in his honor. And then they hold a parade. And then that same day, he is supposed to start their uh, game against the Detroit Tigers. And Feller goes out and pitches a four-hit complete game. That's just a ridiculous achievement. But that's the type of athlete that you'd want to go out and endorse your breakfast cereal. Well, all right. Well, now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Tad, Patreon supporter since December of 2019, Currently supporting the program at the Shamus level of $4 or more per month. Again, thanks so much for your support, Tad. And that will do it for today. Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast and make sure you never miss an episode using your favorite podcast software. Whether you're talking about Spotify, Overcast, or the Amazon Music app at Amazon.com slash OTR Detectives. I do encourage you to rate and review this podcast wherever you download it from. We'll be back next Wednesday with another episode of Dangerous Assignment. But join us back here tomorrow for Philo Vance, where... You can talk to Mr. Little now, Mr. Markham, but please don't ask him too many questions. He's very sick. Any chance for him to pull through, nurse? Oh, it's too bad. Uh, thank you for your courtesy. I'm glad to cooperate with the district attorney. Thank you. Excuse me, nurse. Mr. Little? Uh, yes? Mr. Little, my name is Markham. I'm the district attorney in this city. Do you know where you are? Yes. In a hospital. Have you any idea who shot you? I couldn't see the man. He was bending over a safe. He's back to me. When I spoke to him, he wheeled and fired. I never saw his face. But the safe was open. And not blasted open. Who knew the combination? Nobody except my secretary, Dorothy Lawrence, and me. She was on her way home. I'm afraid, Mr. Uh, just one more question, nurse. Mr. Little, your secretary had the combination when she left. Could she have communicated with someone in your office after she left and given him the combination? Uh, impossible. Mr. Markham, I'll have to ask uh, It's you. all right, nurse. I'm leaving. My friend Vital Vance is waiting for me outside the door. I won't disturb Mr. Little any further. Thank you.
Now, Mr. Little, please relax and try to sleep. I'll stay with you. Well, Markham. He's pretty bad, Vance. I was right in asking you to come down here. This is a mystery that sounds completely baffling. I'm anxious to hear it. I'll give you the details, of course. And I promise you this. It's a mystery you're going to enjoy working on. In that case, I'm anxious to get started. Mr. Markham. Yes, nurse? Mr. Little is dead. Oh. Hmm. I'm awfully sorry to hear that. So am I. Well, Vance, this has become not only a mystery, but also a murder case. In that case, Markham, I'm done. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detect. And check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.